should be live. We are live. All right. So yeah. welcome, everybody. Biggie Hangouts, another episode. Casual conversation today with the man, Brian, at Bad Seat. Is it, is it weird that you uh, – because I noticed that on one of your social medias, you, you clearly say live. Brian. Do you call yourself Brian or do you call yourself Bad Seat? I call always, myself Brian. No, I call myself I'm Brian. I'm always interested with Brian. content creators how they how they feel about that. Because like for me, my like online name, my brand is my nickname. So like I I'm used to people calling me Big E, but it is weird. Like some people, it's like you know you got uh you, you know Rob Tremonti. Nobody calls him. Yeah, yeah. Nobody calls him Big Rob Energy. You know what I mean? But it's like some people. No, I, that'd be so absurd. But we know so we know so we know so many gamers out there to where it's like. Some of them, I don't even know their real name, right? So I just call them, you know, by their by their gamer tag. It's so wild. Yeah, it's really it's wild. Uh, it was really funny because I was like, I was doing some introduction with a, a buddy of mine. And he goes by Booty Clap KC. I'm sure you guys know him. Mm. He's fucking, dude, he's a legend at fucking Fortnite and talking crazy shit. Can I say shit? Is this a family friendly? No, no, we're good. We're good on here. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems so weird because I was trying to connect him with somebody at a corporate level. And I was like, bro, you have to tell me your real name. I've known you for like a year and I feel really absurd talking to this executive and being like, I'd like to introduce you to my colleague, booty clap KC. You know what I mean? Like, right. yeah. So yeah, like yeah. I, yeah, I use real names whenever possible. If, if somebody comes up to me in public and says, yo, are you bad seed? I'm not going to be like, Hey kid, call me Brian. You know what I mean? But right. It's, right. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, my friends, my family call me Brian. Nobody calls me bad seed in real life. It's uh, it's always been like an online handle. So it's just, it just is what it is. Yeah. It was just, it was, it was so, that was one thing that was different for me going to TwitchCon because it was like, I meet somebody and it's like, do I call them by their gamer tag or do I ask them what their name is? But I've known them so long. Is it offensive that I don't know what their real name is? You know what I mean? No, I, yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I don't think it is, man, because a lot of people don't feel, um, a lot of people don't feel comfortable putting their real name out there yeah. and that's why they go with you know because there's always been like you know there's always been like privacy concerns and like how much information and about i understand that you put Dude, I, ha I had uh i don't know i'm sure obviously you're much bigger than me so i'm sure you've gotten hit up by this before you've had to experience it i've gotten i've started getting those emails in this last year where people would be like oh you're acceptable to being docs i i know this 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 and this about you and i was like freak i'm like how the fuck do these people know this like, I'm like, how do, and then a couple of like my bigger online YouTube buzz, the guys that have like half a mil to a mil. I'm like, dude, guys, have you ever had this happen? They're like, oh dude, we get this all the time. Like literally go to yeah. this website. This is all public information. I was, I was mind blown about the amount of public information that is out there on people. So I, I can understand why some people like, they don't, they don't want, you know what I mean? Like if they don't want their name to where they can't even search that public information, I get that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for some people, I mean, you see just different degrees of transparency with people. Like when you, um, there's a lot of gaming channels where somebody never shows their face or they never speak on camera. Like it's, 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 I think it's whatever people are comfortable with. I've always been the kind of person that like, um, I would really appreciate it if like weirdos didn't show up to my house that, that would creep yeah. me out. You know what 100%. I mean? But like outside of that, outside of that, I really, really doesn't bother me. I kind of made the decision when I went into YouTube that it was going to be a more public thing like yeah i mean I, dude, i'll openly admit that like before youtube dude i pirated games i downloaded movies i used janky versions like janky shitty downloaded versions of premiere pro you know what i mean yeah but then when i went when i went legit i was like hmm, there's gonna be a spotlight on me now like i think it's time yep. 
I, you know, dude, so it's, like, it's funny. I actually made, I still get like some people pissed off about that video. I did a clickbait video in, in 2018 and it was like how to crack Photoshop 2020 or uh, 2018. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it, no, it was, it was actually, that. it was actually a more of a like, uh, Hey, you just got caught. And I, I actually do an explanation of here's why, if you want to be a serious graphic designer, you should not crack this, this shit. Right. So many people got like it was it was one of those clickbait draw you in lesson uh, things. I, 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 yeah, I didn't I, I didn't crack. I, yeah. You know, that was like one of the big turning points for me, actually, in 2014, when I wanted to leave my job, I started thinking to myself, OK, if I want to be taken serious, I should probably take things serious. And then I started buying everything. I started investing in things. I stopped looking at corners i started looking at it as okay because remember back then it, you didn't have monthly subscriptions with, a, no. with adobe you paid the 500 no. fucking dollars and you have it for the year and um, yeah. and i i just started remembering like like wouldn't it be so much better instead of like trying to find these ways to get these programs half-assed and ripped and, and just have that feeling i mean it felt good i guess back then when you get things for free but like when you work for something, it feels great. And and when you work for something that's specifically business related, oh, it feels even better. Like, especially Adobe products, for example. When you when you know you own it because of your business, because you're making money off of what you do, yeah. oh, it's a great yeah. feeling. It's a good feeling. So like I yeah, start- it's a totally, totally different feeling. It's it's one of those things though where I mean, it, it's, I think always coming from like, I come from a punk rock background. I come from a DIY background and Same it's like, here. if you don't, I don't have, we didn't have capital, bro. We didn't have money so, and we didn't have like, so it was like, if, if there was a way, if like, damn, we need to make this, if we had, okay. Like we, we had a product that we wanted to make and we wanted to get it out. We wanted to like a to piece together a skate video or whatever, but we didn't have a video editor. Like, dude, we're going to do at that point in time. Like, what are you like? Some scrappy, like, you know, 17, 19 year old kid, bro. You're going to do whatever it takes. Dude, I was, so, I was. 13 sneaking into uh the backside of the computer tech classes to use uh i think it was movie makers still back then to edit uh-huh. skate videos that for for me and my buds that was like that was the first time and then started using photoshop when i was like 14 for our bands for flyers and stuff in the same like i used to sneak in there and then when i couldn't sneak in, in there anymore that's actually how i found out how to start ripping uh I think, dude, I think it was like CS2 or something like that. Yeah. So it was never like, it wasn't a desire to be like a, you know, like a shitty person. It was, right. a, it was like a, you're just operating. You did with what you could. Resources. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, and so then as you get like, yeah, I mean, the first time that I was like, I guess I should register all these plugins now. Like perhaps I should donate to this guy whose font I've been using for four years. Like it felt good to do it. Yes. Um, because I think really it felt good to be able to have the money to do it. And I think on, on a big level, it legitimizes what you're doing. Yeah. You take it serious. Yeah. You take it serious. You're doing the right thing. You're supporting the people that are helping support you to create your content. It just like, and it, and it also is like a man, I've made it. I'm at a point now I've built this thing to the point now where I can, I can do this. So it's just like, it do Yeah. It's a, it's a big feel good on a lot of levels. And you know, I th- I just think if you, I can't imagine there being like a successful content creator out there that was still using like raggedy cracked versions of software. Right, like right. it was like 10 versions old. You know, I, I mean, maybe that guy's out there, but I'd like to hope not, man. Which it's, it's like so ironic or, or uh, it's so relatable talking about this because I'm actually kind of getting at the cross point now 
and I, I wanted to ask you this today too, if if you had this period or if you even still go through this. Obviously, I mean, you're you're a, a much legitimized reviewer, like you know your shit. And obviously, like me, it's like, it's more like a sprinkled in to to my content, a, a more add in from uh, obviously the average. So, I, but which, by the way, I found it funny for anybody that's listening. Uh, I I'll, I'll text Brian shit all the time about like especially audio and then like keyboard stuff because I I'm just so new to all of it like I that shit I don't know cameras all day monitors uh all day Co- some computer parts I I'm I'm knowledgeable when it comes to mice keyboards and audio I am I'm fucking stupid I just I don't get it and that's why I try to do my reviews on from an average person. Hey, I, I don't know what to tell you what's in this thing, but I, here's how why I liked it over this one because I had the opportunity to use it. And uh, it's I, sometimes I, I, I think Brian underestimates how stupid I am with it because the other day I asked him a question. He's like, bro. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't fucking know what these the, what you got. Like, at least let's frame like I didn't just like at least let's frame what the question was. I feel like you owe it to tell him what the question was yeah, before you tell him well, the reaction. It, it was it was like the difference between what uh uh clicky tactile tactile and what key, key linear and linear. Yeah, yeah, like your three basic categories of mechanical switch: linear, tactile, or clicky. And yeah, uh, over my head. Well, it's one of those things that, like, when you do, like, okay, let me run it back just a little bit. Because, like, in some categories, I do feel like a legitimate reviewer. I do feel confident in the information that I convey. Oh, do you are. But but there's two, well, there's two other factors there. It's one factor is I'm not confident in everything that I talk about. Like, I get asked to review microphones a lot, and I don't necessarily feel qualified to do that because I don't have a big breadth of experience. You want to ask me about keyboard stuff? And even so. I feel like I know quite a bit about keyboards. Do I know everything? No. There's always going to be a situation when I'm putting a video out where the like the, the skew of the audience, there's going to be some people that are learning from my video, and there's going to be some people that don't learn anything but kind of give the nod like, yeah, you're, you're pretty much on the money. And then even still, there's going to be a group of those people that are experts that are like, no, you you got that part wrong, and here's why. Yeah. I learn something every video I put out, yes. and I don't get picky about it. Like oh, if somebody man. wants to be like, actually, dude, um, this point, da 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 da. If it's constructive criticism, bro, I yes. love that because I learn from that and I integrate that into my next video. And I'm so it's it's like one of those things where um, it's tough. It, it's like anything else. You're learning all the time. You're learning and you're conveying information all the time. It, it's tough to get the people that actually want to teach and just want, or or versus people that want to be a dickhead. It's fucking. It's so ironic that you say that. I, I don't know if you've seen that tweet. I tweeted out last week two examples from one video. I did a video last week talking about how I'm like soundproofing my room. Okay. Now yeah. I'm not, I, and I say in there, I'm not a fucking sound guy. I don't know this shit. Here's just what I'm doing from what, like the basics that I learned to make to make the sound sound better in here, right? And you had one person that was just an asshole. Where 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 was the soundproofing content in this video? I'm like, uh in the video? I like I don't like cuz I was like, what the hell? Like I clearly talked about it. I showed all the panels that I was using. I showed why I was using it. I'm like, what are, what what is he talking about? And he's like, I seen a lot of stuff on sound absorption not soundproofing. And I'm like, Okay, well, hey, dickhead, that's a great opportunity for you, somebody that's completely more knowledgeable about the situation, to educate me instead of being a fucking asshole. But then, on the same video, you had another guy that was like, hey, great video. If I can give you some advice, though, here's what you can do. And I'm like, 
Two days. Perfect. Thank you. Yes. Dude, thank you. Thank you. I want that. Like that. I need that. I need to get better at these things. I I hate. Ah, oh, that's the toughest thing about like introducing reviews into my content and talking about things is there's just so many people that are are. It's it tilts me more because like my background is is graphic design and I used to get that shit all the time as a designer. People and then they would get offended when I'm like your your comment is just fucking ignorant and they're like oh can't take constructive criticism. It's huge difference between it, constructive it, criticism. YouTuber response like no dude that's not it like no yeah, yeah. it's um. Yeah, it's one of those things. I, I've been thinking about this topic a lot because, like, uh, dude, I get shit wrong sometimes. Yeah. I do. But I also never proclaim to be an expert. What the whole basis, the whole reason why I started this channel was because I was an average Joe that was coming out of console and getting back into PC. And it's incredibly intimidating and confusing. And at the time that I did that, which was like uh, 2014, there was not like the amount of tech YouTubers that exist today versus existed six years ago, wildly different back yeah. then, bro. We basically had, uh, yeah, Jay's two cents. You had hardware Canucks and you had Linus tech tips and, um, uh, who were the guys? Oh, you had Logan with uh tech syndicate. The, the point I'm trying to make is there was like five major points of contact. Whereas like today there's like thousands and thousands. Oh, yeah. and thousands it's, it's a huge, tech. huge niche. So huge my market. whole thing was, all this channel was ever supposed to be was documenting the journey of a dude learning his way through all of this stuff. Right. That's, that's all it was supposed to be. It was never supposed to be like an, an expert thing. And I finally came to the conclusion that like, when we do what we do, we, we give the best information that we have at that time. Are we going to get shit wrong? Yeah, sure. It's the risk you take. Mm -hmm. And it's also about how you react to the audience when you do get something wrong or something's not um you know covered as extensively as it should be because it's if if you were afraid of getting everything wrong if you never spoke confidently about what you know even if even if two years later you might learn something and be like man i really sounded like an asshole back then if you were that afraid of being wrong you just wouldn't be on youtube you just wouldn't do this at all you wouldn't oh, yeah. you'd be terrified to ever put an opinion out there right It'd be tough Cause it, that, that's, yeah, that's one thing as a creator, I definitely had to learn throughout the years is like, I mean, it gets, it's like, obviously things get tilting and it's, it's always funny to like hawk amongst other creators, but it's it, it, the biggest thing you have to get over even beyond social media, honestly, is like what people are going to, not everybody's going to agree with you 100%. Even if, even if you're right, even if you're right, even uh, if you're, if you're 100% genuine, if you're accurate, still, there are going to be people that just don't agree with you. It's I have deep theories on this. I feel like the bigger your channel gets, the larger the cl the larger your audience gets, the closer you get to that fifty yeah. percent point of people who side with your opinion and people who think you're an idiot. When I um, I so I don't know if you ever if I ever told you this, but I used to have like a bigger channel back in the day, um, and I, like it was it was all around like designing and gaming and stuff, but it was like it, you know I grew a, a big name from designing. And Did I'm, you have a Call of Duty channel? Yeah, yeah. Ah, I thought so. Yeah, I thought so. I had a few channels, dude. I, I, I used to, I used to do well with that type of stuff. And then, like, like I, I was it, designing videos was. I think everybody has this type, this type of um, 
video option, I guess you'd say, or content option. Designing videos for me were easy. I, I could make them. I could get a lot of views from them. I didn't enjoy doing them. I did not. My, like, I like graphic design, but, like, something about it was just, like, that is not my end goal. So, like, that's why I had to kind of, like, walk away from all that stuff. But what I, what I kind of, like, the theory that I went through years ago with that stuff uh, was if you're not getting those comments, you're probably not doing something right yet. <laughs> and it was a sad way. And some people were like, would extremely disagree with you. Like who wants negative comments? But it's like, I think the point is if you're, if you're not to a point where you're getting a discussion large enough out there to where you, you're going to find those people that are going to be like, you're, you're an idiot. You're wrong. I don't agree with you. Then I don't think you're out there enough yet. Like I don't, I don't you're think not, you're not taking a risk. Right. You're not you're con you're not taking a risk with your content, and you're not, um, yeah, like you're playing it safe. Especially when it comes to like, uh, all right, like here's a great example, man. Like you could do, um, if I was reviewing older products, right? Then right. like, um, then I could go watch ten or twelve different videos about that product. I could get everyone's common consensus. I could analyze the comments and see what most people agreed with. And then I could develop my review project purely around what I already know to the be, positive yeah. public opinion of that to be and put out that video and people would be like, yes, that is exactly it. This dude nailed it. But it's also like, but what risk did I take? Right. And that's like, and and I, I hate to, um, I hate to imagine that people out there do that, but I, I know people out there that do that. Oh, dude, there are people out there that do that with, with everything. I mean, it, it, that, that is a, that is like a, uh, um, that's almost like a, a strong guideline of how even like mainstream media and news is almost anymore. Yeah. Like they, they, yeah, it they, does, it does they, kind of shadow that they specifically target what they know will, will drive the, the reaction for their specific group of people and yeah it, it, and it's like you said it, it when you when you do that it's great for your ratings but it's like it's bad for it's just bad for overall business as a whole because you just don't create that conversation you know that conversation needs to be had like that you know in the, especially in these videos that's that's the point of the video that's the point of your review so those conversations are there in the first place well it was it was important at one point in time too to be able to do that because it was uh I mean, if you could get a conversation going in the in the comments section, that was great for the algorithm. I had a lot of success with that when I first started the channel because initially I didn't do, I would do like one review video to every, I don't know, five or six topical videos. My favorite videos to make were videos where like I had a legitimate question that I know other people had too. And at the time, forums is where you went to get a yes. lot of your information. Love but forums, forums sucked, bro, because like number one, they're, mostly anonymous you hardly know who you nobody's willing to put their face or their name on their on what they're saying out there right. number two you don't know if they're just regurgitating information that they saw someplace else you don't know if they've even ever owned or had the product in their hands to begin with and number two the amount of times that you can ask a fucking question in a forum and get a direct answer nine times Slim. out of ten if you ask a forum in a question you're going to get somebody going, you're asking the wrong question. What you need to be asking is that, and you don't get an answer. You just get people arguing with you. And it's like, bro, I, I didn't come here for that. There was it's, so much frustration there. It's kind of like why Twitter. I wanted to make the content. That's kind of, yeah, yeah. It kind of like, like Twitter. That. Because like I could, I, I haven't yet, but like, I, like I'll just, I'll say a big product. That's like, um, 
two two big products. You know, one one thing we were talking about earlier was like the Go XLR, and the big one is the Elgato Camling. I cannot have a conversation on Twitter about mm. the Elgato Camling, and no. that's a that's a problem nowadays because like everybody is so brand driven in a lot of this tech stuff. Like nobody is willing to like speak up on some things on, on some of that shit. Like I I don't care. I I've never cared who I offended with this because I use the the Stream Deck. So it's not like Elgato yeah. as a brand is shit. You know, some yeah, people, you're not shaming the entire brand. Right. It's one product in the portfolio some, you have a problem Some with. people think that my perspective is, is miscued because I use Avermedia stuff, which the reality is. The reason why I use Avermedia stuff is because I used Elgato stuff, and it was fucking junk for me. And I was tired of dealing with it. Like I was tired of having all the problems. But I, I can without a doubt say that in my experience – of actual experience, the Elgato Cam Link is 100% one of the worst fucking things that hit the market in this last few years. But if you say that on Twitter, you oh, dude, you're because there's there's so many people that have never had an experience. There's there's a handful of people that haven't had the bad experience, so they got to speak on. And then there's a handful of people that are just sponsors, so they got to defend it, right? And it's just oh, I I hate conversations like that on Twitter. You just can't have it. It's so many. It's it's so much ignorance, right? Yeah, that's that is unfortunate. Well, I mean, first and foremost, you get that everywhere. Everywhere, dude. yeah. Um, you get that if you come out and say, "I don't like Sony cameras, and I like Panasonic. I don't like Canon. I like you know what I mean." Like, wow, talk don't about even, starting a fire. Don't even get. Yeah, I was gonna say, don't even get me started on that shit. Yeah, exactly. There's there's triggers. There's trigger brand battles out there. In the PC world, dude, it's Intel versus AMD on processors. In yeah. the graphics card world, it's NVIDIA we, we, versus we, AMD. In my chat all the time, we always get fucking Apple versus Android. And I always have to just rip everybody's ass. Because it's just... It, here, like, my thought on a lot of that stuff is it, just so many of these things, like what we just mentioned, this versus that, that versus this, it's 2020. The, these things... That uh, that we these devices that we have at our disposal are fucking unreal, and you just can't even argue it anymore. Like you just you just fucking can't anymore. It's just brand uh, loyalty at this point. My my whole thing, dude, is I have never. I don't care. I don't care what the message is. I don't care if it's Apple phones or what your religious choice is. It's not my place. To try to tell you what you should like. Yeah. I don't have the, I don't have the fucking energy for it. I don't have the fucking time of day. I'm baffled by people that have that much disposable energy and time that they can spend their life campaigning to try to convince other people to use something different as opposed to just, do you know how easy it is, dude, to just let somebody use what they like? Thank you. And like you know, a lot of these experiences, it's like I hate how people misconstrue when you ask me why I use something and I tell you why I use it and then you tell me why I'm wrong for using it, I can't fucking stand that. <laughs> you are a fucking ignorant idiot. I can't stand Do you know how many people, So, like you brought up cameras is the big one. How many people all the time, why do you like Sony products? Well, I started using it early on because of the fast autofocus. Well, it doesn't have a, a tilting screen so or a, uh, um, a flip screen. So how do you deal with that? I I always respond. I put the trust in the camera. I love the color profile. I love the uh, autofocus. I love the the light features. I am used to using the Sony cameras as a tool. Is it perfect? No. There are problems no. with Sony, but I love yes. using it as a tool. 
And then I always get the response, but it doesn't have a flip cam. So why are you using it? But it doesn't have a flip cam. So why are you using it? And it's like, oh my fucking God, dude. Like, oh, dude, it's, it's so tilting to me. How many people make decisions on the dumbest shit nowadays? On the dumbest shit. Like, and I, I, I just look at it as like, dude, do you realize how fucking blessed we are to have these things right now? Do you, like, whether you use a, your Panasonic or my Sony, or I know you actually have both. Do you realize how blessed, <laughs> yeah, do you yeah. realize how blessed we are to even have the ability to have one of these fucking devices in our, in our household right now? Dude, I remember the, like, so I'm old as shit. And when I wanted to make beats for the you? first time, by the way, I'm, dude, I, don't, I don't even want to say it on stream. I'm old. As I'm way older than people think I am, bro. I just celebrated my birthday, dude. I just turned 41. Let's go. Aging yeah. well. Woof. Yeah, it's uh, and, and the wild thing is, dude, I'm at this point in my life, I'm I've I've had some success in my life. None of it was doing stuff that I wanted to be doing. None of it was doing stuff that fulfilled me or made me happy. That was my 20s. Um, Bro, I wake up every day, like, I, I don't, like, people that have known me for a long time are like, dude, you're not angry anymore, bro. You used to be, like, kind of scary to be around, like, in, like, you're just wild. such, like, you're just, like, such a big teddy bear now. I'm like, bro, I don't have a thing in the world to be mad about, bro. My life is exactly what I would like it to be every day when I wake up. I have a short list of friends that I really care about, that I have meaningful relationships. I'm financially comfortable. I get to do the shit that really makes me happy every day when I wake out of the, you know, wake up out of the bed. Like, it's one of those things, bro. Like, you know, I, <laughs> I get to go live my life, dude. Like every day is exactly what I want it to be. And it's an adventure. I don't right. have a thing in the world to be upset about, bro. Nothing. I couldn't be mad if you tried to make me mad. Yeah. There's just that it's like, uh, and it took me a long time to figure it out. You know, on the flip side, I used to beat myself up real bad too, because it was like, it took me until this point in life to figure out. I was one of those dudes who walked around, like always feeling like I was better than what I was doing, knowing that I had not, not better than in like a condescending manner, but knowing that you were capable of more than you were allowing yourself yeah, to do every yeah, day. Yes. You know, you, like you knew you had these, um, that's dude, you, knew you had these talents, you every, had a different perspective on the world. Everything that you're speaking on right now is 100. Like I, you are putting into words what what why I wanted to move on from like graphic design. Like you're 100 percent putting all that in. It, it, like everything that you just put out there. Like when like going through the 20s as I got better at design and I grew a name from it, and that's what I left my job to do. There was still like so much anger in what I did and like I was an asshole and I was so like defensive about shit and like I, I, I would wake up every day feeling like I should be happy that I can that I can be here you know what I mean like I, I would wake yeah. up every day and be like dude I don't have to clock into this fucking my old job and make skids every day why am I still like upset Oof. that I have to right. fucking go make designs for these people like what what is wrong with me or I would always know like I'm not putting in 100% of the work that I, that I should. But then I would, put, I would put, that, put these designs out, and people would be like, oh, my God, awesome. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, yeah. so am I just beating myself up here? Am I actually putting in the work that I'm putting in? Or, like, am I just? That, that's a hard one to tackle because when you take a step back and you logically look at your life, you're like, dude, I live a life right now people would kill for. What am I unhappy right, about? Right, right. You know, and then that, that really – 
that really puts it in perspective. But I had a guy, I had a guy say this to me because I was, you know, this guy's known me for a really long time. He's a super smart dude. And he was like, uh, and I was kind of beating myself up like, yeah, you know, I finally found YouTube and I, I just embraced it, man. And this is something that allows me to do everything I like to do. Like it's businessy. You can gamify it. Like you get to play with the toys that you like. Like every day is like your birthday when the mailman shows up. There's so much about yes. what I like to do. You know what I mean? But you know, I was beating myself up like, man, if I would have only like nailed this in my thirties and he started laughing, he's like, dude, what you're doing right now wasn't, you couldn't even do it. didn't even exist. Yeah. It, it, it's like, not your fault. Like, yeah, you, he's like in this timeline blew my mind. It's changed my thought process completely. And I'll share this with you guys. He said, you know, yeah, YouTube may have existed back then, but do you know how many YouTubers back then had humongous followings, but still weren't making any money at all? Yeah. He's like, because there wasn't any legitimate money in it. People were still trying to convince somebody that it was like a decent advertising platform. The idea of convincing these big companies that had big swollen budgets for TV and print media, he's like, as streaming services and TV and DVR boxes became more prevalent, it made like the laser accurate marketing behind YouTube seem more viable for these big companies. So then the money came in. Right. Except that, you know, it, it, it came in on a slow trickle, like two to three years ago, you could start making some real money doing this, but there was still one major hurdle. Your audience was not okay with you getting the bag. Yeah. So wild. So even, even if you were in a position to where you were getting money, even dude, like as early as like a year and a half, two years ago, your audience would be like, you're a sell out piece of shit like you're just a corporate shill like you don't nothing you say is legitimate because you got there was a sponsored thing at the front of your video like what's up with all these ads it was only until very recently when we as a society started having conversation about mental health and burnout and work-life balance and all this important shit did the audience like I mean, dude, I'll put a comment out there. Like, I don't really want to do this raid shadow legends <laughs> commercial because I'm not really about it. And like 10% of people be like, I respect that decision. And like 90% of people are like, fuck that. Get the bag, bro. We want to yeah. see you winning out here. That sentiment, that mentality didn't exist a year ago. Yeah. So there's no time in history that I could have been doing what I'm doing dude, until I, right now. Yeah. It, 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 it's so true. Like you we were just having a conversation like offline, a couple of buddies of mine gaming. We were talking about how crazy it is now that we're, we're so used to seeing a YouTube video, uh, a podcast today. Hey, you know, taking a, taking a second to let you know that today's video is brought to you by dude. If you did that shit in 2014, you were, you oh. were a sellout. You were a sellout. People would cut your video off and blast you in the comments. But then again, it was also different thing back then dude it was wild i i had i had only um like max thirteen thousand subscribers on my channel before i deleted it in 2014 but in tw like so in 2012 2013 you know it was at like the the 8 to 10k range the the impact of those numbers though back then were astonishing i could make a video most of my videos back then even with like 5 to 10k would get you know I, I remember when I hit 1K, all my videos were getting like 5,000 views a video, right? It was also, wow. it was also different back then. You, one person could count multiple times for a view, right? So it was, it was so different. I was actually, believe it or not, one of the first designers on the, I think, I think there was like maybe five of us on the platform 
that got tw- uh, YouTube partnership. And back in 2012, 2011, that shit was fucking tough, dude. It was hard to get a YouTube partnership. So when they, when you, yeah. you know, long story on that, when YouTube rolled that whole new thing out this last year and a half ago, I was like, good. You got to earn this shit, man. You got to earn it. You got to know why you're starting to make money because you built, you're, you're building something here, a community, right? But, uh, yeah. uh, dude, it was, it was wild back then. I, I remember like, I, I would make a video talking about a topic and all I would have to, like, if I wanted to promote something, uh, another channel or something, all I had to do was put it in the, pres- the description and at the top say, Hey, go subscribe to this channel or something. Cause like, dude, we used to get, you didn't get, so back then we didn't get paid by, by sponsors. We got paid by channel. We got paid by other people wanting to be in the come up. Um, pe- like smaller gaming teams would, would pay me to, to help promote their stuff in my video. It fucking wild. But like all I would have to do is literally put it in the description of my video and hundreds of people in, in one video would go subscribe to that thing overnight. And like with the wow. launch of the video. Sure don't, you sure don't get that anymore, no, man. Dude, Shout outs and description links carry so little weight these well, days. Well, you got to think too, back then, everything was time stamped. The algorithm was so different. When I uploaded, a, say me and you uploaded a video. I uploaded at 10 a.m. You uploaded at 11 a.m. You will see your video at the top, and you will see my video underneath you, and that's the timeline. There's no suggested. There's no other people. If you're subscribed, if they were subscribed to me and you, they see your video because you're most recent, and then they see me. That was a timeline. Also, just where a, like a just a straight up linear real yes. time timeline. Wow. Also, what was so ah, huge? If, if I liked your video, your video would show up in my timeline. That was another huge thing. So people would oh, literally wow. pay you to like their videos. Would pay you. It, uh, astonishing like it, it was wild but but uh anyways like yeah those that don't that doesn't exist anymore so when when you go when you transition into the world of a, a simple link will just bring a whole new fucking group of people versus like you actually the only real way to sell something now is you gotta sell it in your content you gotta give them a reason why you want them to go there now like you didn't have to do that back then, so it, it, it's so weird now to see that, how that transition is because so many people. I mean, that dude, YouTube and the content that we appreciate would not be around if it wasn't for them getting paid. Period. Like, period. You know, we would not be wow. able to we we would not be able to get to see you know bad seed tech and all 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 the glory that you create if you didn't get paid because we need you being mentally healthy. We need you. Being able to have the freedom to do this. So, like, I'm really happy that, like, everything, all social media seems to be get, opening up this whole market of, like, hey, this is real shit now. Like, this is real yeah. money consumption. And you, you touched on something really important there. And this is something, like, if anytime somebody puts a microphone in front of me, I'll say this. I'm not going to talk real numbers because that shit's tacky. But yeah. I will say this. If you're out there right now and you're an aspiring creator and YouTube is your platform or Twitch is your platform, there's a lot of things in life that like if you're working a job you hate, there's a lot of shit that like looks attractive to you. Like maybe I should go sell insurance or be a real estate agent or maybe this multi-level marketing scheme feels pretty good right now. There's a lot of stuff that you look at and you realize after you're in it for a while that like, damn, nobody out here is really winning. Like even when you get to the top, they're not really winning. You know, and you wind up like, you wind up propping your ladder against that building for a long time sometimes before you figure out that like, damn, this is all smokescreen, dude. Like they're just moving money around and nobody out here is really getting money. 
I'm going to tell you right now to anybody listening to this right now as an aspiring creator that wonders if they can, if they can get to a place financially that makes this worthwhile, you absolutely 100% can. There is, it is so worth it at the top, bro. And and, and you you would honestly be surprised at, at how small quote unquote you can be and still be doing that. Yes, bro. Okay. Listen to this. Okay. So I, I will say this. I walked away from a, in a 24 year career in hospitality, 20 of which I was a manager, 10 of which I was a district manager and a developer. Okay. That those are not small titles. Those right. titles, those, those are big check titles. When I had, I, I left May 12th, 2019, I quit my career to perform, to, to do YouTube. I was 39 years old. People thought I was out of my mind. Do you know how crazy that sounds? To have like a respected oh, yeah. career, like a solid resume, like you've done well for yourself and you're going to leave to do what? Make YouTube videos about gaming mice? Come on, bro. I left out. I was able to leave that career and make almost, I'm going to say like 80% of my salary out of the gate with, and I had 48,000 subscribers. That's wild. And now I am, I'm wildly like fastly approaching 200 K my whole life is different, bro. My entire, my whole, the decisions I get to make, what we get to do, the the amount of debt I have, which is $0. Oh, like, and not $0, not $0 with an asterisk. Like, Oh, I I don't have any debt except for my student loans or I don't have any debt. Well, I mean, except for my car payment. No, I don't have any debt period with no conditions. I know, you know what it, you know what it is too. I have a, if if he ends up watching this, no no disrespect, Rob. I love you. That was like this is like one of the biggest spews that I I was trying to give my buddy Rob the understanding of how YouTube is for the longest time. Like he would you know and and like I do understand it's different for some people you know because he's like married and he's like dude my wife would never understand the reason why I would say hey I gotta take doing YouTube videos serious. And I was trying to make him understand that he is taking away like you know I was telling them this a year year and a half to two years ago. I wasn't even getting that many views. I wasn't even making that many that much money from YouTube or anything. And I was still saying, but dude, just because we don't make money now, you got to understand YouTube is a whole different beast. What we do now will dictate how we do a year from now. 100%. 100%. Yeah, and I, I want to acknowledge this because Mamesy Creates just said something in chat, and I do want to touch on this. She said, it sounds cliche, but right now I'm not gaining anything financially and won't for a while. But, it, but damn, it feels good to just learn and put the content out. I'll take that as a W. Yes, that's true. But it can. And if you keep doing it consistently and you keep improving every video, it will. And- I didn't start doing YouTube as a financial move. I, YouTube for me made nothing, next to nothing, for the first four right. and a half years that I did it. It doesn't make shit until the day that it does. And after the day that it does, it's it snowballs like crazy, bro. Yeah. Like, I'm... I'm just getting that entry point of where it's like, oh, like, you know, for a long time I've, I've made ad revenue, but I like, I I've always been transparent with all my viewers. Like I'm talking like $50 a month, like nothing, yeah, no, nothing, nothing yeah. to even like bad a fuck. It's nice. Like I, I would always say perspective. Hey, all my YouTube videos right now are taking care of an internet payment. That's something I don't have to worry about by just having yep. fun making videos. Now it's, it's, 
I, I would with collaborations and everything for me, it's probably 50% of my revenue right now. And I don't get crazy views. I, I had the best month last month, it, total views in a month. And it was 130,000 views in one month. And to some people, they're like, that's nothing. That is nothing. Right. So, so like when people look out there and they're like, they aspire to be, they're like a hundred thousand views is shit. You know, there, there's no way that's anywhere progressive, but it, it can be. And that, that's like the point of what, what we're, we're, we're talking about right now is like you, you cannot compare yourself off the gate. And that's what so many people do wrong. They look at YouTube and they're like, people are understanding now that there is money in it, but they, it's, it's like kind of bad perspective. People would look at, um, uh, the Casey Nysacks, the, da the David Dobricks. Oh, you got to get those views in that niche and in th that vlogging style to be able to make it. Dude, no, th that, no. that shit is above and beyond what you even fucking need. There, there are so many people that just pull in hundreds of thousands of views in a month that are absolutely fucking killing it right now on YouTube and social media as a whole. Because, you know, uh, here, here's one thing that did change my perspective. And, and this is something I talked about in a video recently, but like this is something people miss out on. The reason why money flows is because is because sponsors and, and ads, people want that that money that or that that attention. They want their eyes on on products. At the end of the day, that's what a lot of reason why you're getting paid, right? Or why right. we get paid, right? Dude, it, it was just like 20 years ago, I want to say it was, or 15 years ago, that people were paying thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars for, for one billboard ad on the side of a highway or the side of a road that would get 40,000 impressions. 40,000 impressions. My, my small YouTube channel got 1.4 million impressions last month. So yeah. that is the value of, of what we are. We are the new digital age. We are the new traffic. traffic. Traffic in the sense of just like a roadway has traffic and there's ads and there's product placements in the roadway, we have that traffic too in our platforms. And you don't have to be a fucking multi-million sub channel and have you know billions of views on your channel to have that traffic. Just like small towns can still have advertisements too just as much as big cities can small creators can be making fucking bank too. just as much as big creators can. It may not be as much. It may not be as much traffic right now, but guess what? You can also grow a small city into a big city too. Like everything can grow. Just it depends. The community depends on the community that you create to have more people come in. But yeah, that was, that was a big eye opener in myself this last year with Twitch. Even, you know, I never got thousands of views, but I made, I made, I made a, I like complete transparency, like we said, and I, I'm 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 clear with a lot of my viewers. Just off a of Twitch last year, as a smaller Twitch streamer, and I'm talking like I I'm in the percentage of 98% of Twitch streamers, meaning the the top two percent where people get hundreds to thousands of views are above me. I was in that that other percent of of people with a lot of other people on the platform, averaging maybe like I think my best months last year was close to 100 viewers or or at 100 viewers and most i would say half the year was averaged at about 30 viewers and i still managed to make just as much last year as i did one of my first years working full-time at a factory when i was like 20 something in my in my young 20s and that is astonishing to me if that if, yeah. that, if, if that doesn't say hey put in some work do what you love. Don't make it about the money. 
Like that, that is one thing I guess we should make clear. Like don't just start something because we're saying, Hey, you can make money in this. No, I led with that. Like if you're getting in for the money, you're getting in for the wrong. You'll, if yeah. you get in for the money, you'll never get there because your content won't be authentic. People won't, people won't do people feel your energy, man. Like mm -hmm. if you, if you're fucking hyped about what you're doing and you care about it that much and you're constantly pushing yourself to improve your content, that's what people attach themselves to. It's not like do anything oh, like to say it a different way. Like number one, I want to be really clear to anybody that's not familiar with my channel. I don't take money to do reviews. I don't get paid to do reviews. My income comes completely right. from affiliate sales. It comes from ad placements. It comes from uh, pre-roll ads that I sell to different companies. And by all accounts, I try to sell ad space on pre-roll videos to companies whose products I don't review to make sure that that relationship line never gets fuzzy. Right. That's the way I choose to do it. Not everybody chooses to do it that way. I will say that the amount of money that I turn down is... Uh, <laughs> Like, like if I could be a scumbag and look myself in the mirror, I could make way more money than I'm making right now. Yeah. Um, but it's also totally possible to do it. And I'm using air quotes here, like do it the right way um, and still make money. So I, I don't like, yeah, I, I don't, none of my revenue comes from that, right. but it's, it's volume. You know, you, you, the, the bigger the channel gets, the bigger the overall numbers gets. But the only reason why it does that is because I like to think that people can connect with some aspect of what I'm doing that, that the honesty shows, you know what I mean? Right. If, I, I feel like it's in my opinions, never for sale, dude. I, one of the, oh, oh, all right, I'm, I'm going to get, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to try to get this as, as low as I can. I've gone through three distinct stages in the past year because my channel growth has been, I didn't really feel like celebrating anything until I celebrated this past year because I've really been busting my ass since like, September 18. And then like May, I went, you know, full time. Um, since I went full time, the channel's grown 350%, 350% in a year. That's wild. Bonkers. And mm -hmm. because it moved so fast, it's one of those things where like, I've had to change my approach when you're little and nobody knows who you are then it doesn't really benefit you in any way to do reviews for products that people don't know what they are either because people aren't looking for you and they're also not looking for those products. Right. So you have to specifically, like there was a, a lot of years where I had to come out of pocket to buy the stuff that I wanted late because I wanted like, because I knew people would be searching for that product because they weren't searching for me. And then when I started to snowball, my mentality kind of changed, especially when I started treating it like a business, because I felt like there was only three real reasons why I could afford to make content because each one of my videos takes me about 20 plus hours to execute. Right. And you all, a, a human being only has so much bandwidth. Yeah. And so in that middle section, it was kind of like, you know, quote unquote, playing the game, because at that point I would pick a video based on, I knew that this could potentially be an earner for the channel and affiliate sales or I knew that it could get me clout because it would increase the views of the channel because people were searching for that item. It was a hot item, especially if I could get it early or three, I was working with companies because I wanted to get a foot in the door with that brand because it was really exciting to be working with all those new brands. Right. right. So that was phase two. And that was really like executing off one of the, but you notice that, okay, like run something back right there. The three reasons why I was making videos right there, None of those were because there's also like a fourth, like 
maybe I really needed something for the studio and I couldn't afford it, but I could get somebody to send it out if I did a review on it. Okay. Like I might do that. But none of the, none of the reasons why I was making videos was because I was super passionate about, like, I didn't get to do the stuff I wanted to do because I was too busy doing the things that I needed to do because I was treating the channel like a business. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Now I'm at a place and my, I, I like to think that my recent content reflects this. There's this concept of fuck you money. You know, like if you've never seen the movie, the gambler with Marky Mark, it's an amazing yes. scene between him and John Goodman about the concept of fuck you money and what it means. And it's great. It changed my life the day I saw it. Okay. Now I'm at a point where my channel's growing on its own merit. People are seeing what I do. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm very fortunate to be in the position where people are seeing what I'm doing and they, and they adhere to it. Now I don't have to do a video because I might need the affiliate sales on the back end. I don't have to do a video because it's something that I might need for the channel and I can't afford it. I don't have to do a video because I'm worried if I don't, it might sour my relationship with that brand. You get to a point where if you play the game long enough, you don't have to play the game anymore. It's like, it, you know, it's pardon the expression, but it's kind of like you're buying your freedom back. Right. You know? Yeah. And, you, and that's, that's, that's like wild that you say that. Cause I literally just had a conversation the other day with a uh, chat um when i was live about how i think uh because so many people uh, you know especially with what i do with the camera thing you know that's a that's a big one so many people always come through and are like what do i what do i buy to do this what do i buy to do that and um you know streamers wanting to start off and they're starting off with all their crazy graphics and, and crazy cams and stuff like that and then they and then they start and they don't have any viewership and and then they're they're, they're then they're not happy you know what I mean? Then they don't enjoy what they do. And I, I, I say that everybody's goal should be a, a, a aspired to have their time. My camera gear, like my setup, it, it's dope and stuff. But the biggest thing that I'm proud of is, is that I have control of my time. And I think that really, I, I mean, money is obviously a portion of that. I, I don't think money I don't know. I'm kind of partial on the money buys happiness thing because I'm a bit materialistic. I'm always honest about that. I like cool shit. But I I, yeah. I don't rely on it too. You know, I've cut corners throughout years, and that's what is making it tough now because I'm in the position where I can buy this shit. But I'm like, ah, I got a penny pinch. You know what I mean? Because I I had to do that to get here. But uh, but ultimately, like the biggest, uh, the I said I I say to chats and or my chat that the biggest flex that I'm proud of or flex that I am flexing right now and proud of is my time. I don't. I don't have Joe Schmo above me saying this is what you do with your day. I don't have I don't have to rely on right as of right now. I don't have to rely on oh got got this got to worry about so and so making sure I have this out for you tomorrow. I, I'm just doing my thing. I I work hard. I don't spoil my time, but it's my time and I get to dictate that. And I think that's what a lot of people should be able to have, man. Because it's just like it's it's one life and man, it's just so empowering to say, Today I'm gonna work, but I'm gonna do it how I wanna do it. See, I'm I'm at that point right now. Like if I if I were to sit here right now and tell you that I have achieved the perfect work life balance, I'd be lying through my teeth. Yeah. I work and work and work and work and work. And yeah, it's, you know, it's my business, but also like what you, especially when the channel starts to blow up, when you start to get attention, everybody wants a piece. And the first thing that happens to you is you get hella excited because brands that you've always like, like you just can't believe you're talking to MSI or Corsair or Elgato or yeah. Razor or whatever. And, but everybody like 
all, all brands, there's this constant push, this constant line in the sand where you as a creator have to be responsible for setting your own healthy boundaries because yep. once you get hot, all those companies view you as a potential extension of their marketing department. That is 100% real shit. And so it is your job as your, as your creator to protect your, your time, your mentality, your reputation, your credibility. You have to set those boundaries and say, you have to get really comfortable with saying no. And at first it feels outlandish because it feels like all your wildest dreams are coming true. Why would I say no? Of course I want to work with this brand. But the day that you overcommit yourself and you're like, damn, the next two weeks of my life, I'm working 16 hour days to get these videos out. And I can't, if I sleep more than four hours a night, I'm fucked. I can't do it. I can't get to the end of this thing. The day you paint yourself into a corner like that, it'll completely change your mentality. Right. Yeah. Changes so things. that's when, you know, that's, that's when I'm in the process right now of figuring out, um, you know, since the, the move is finally greenlit to Seattle, this opens up some options for me. And then right is, now, congratulations my, on that, by the way. About thank you. Yeah. Time. It's, 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 oh my God, God, it's huge, man. It's been such a, it's been such a, a long road. This, this will, executing this is my, it's my crowning achievement in my lifetime. And I know that seems, Oh, odd to say that dude, about I, a move somewhere. I, I, but, no, um, I, well, I just, we just made the move to North Carolina. Yeah, you, house. you I, moved in, you bought a house. You're a homeowner now. 100% huge, fucking bro. understand it. Yeah, this, I mean, so, it, it, and it represents a lot for me because now what I'm looking at, you know, just like you saving up for your house, you know, you, all that money had to go somewhere. You had an overarching goal where all of your money really needed to be going there in order to execute that goal. That's been me in in trying to plan this relocation for the past year because Seattle opens up a lot for me. Right. Like number one, now that it's done, oh, I can offload all the mental stress about making it happen. Just like you could offload all the mental stress of going through the process of building a home now in we're a state here. where you didn't even live. All all that you know? all that all that clutter that that you know, because this is what you're about to go through. You know, this next couple months is gonna be tough as you as you make the move, you make the transition because you're gonna be amped, but they're gonna be stressed. Nothing's perfect, so things are gonna happen. Like you're gonna yeah. like you're gonna have other hiccups, just like you already had hiccups because you already you would have done been moved there if it wasn't for COVID, right? Yeah, we were supposed to be there April one and COVID happened and it, it just put everything Curveballs. on hold and it, it, it it put it on hold indefinitely. Yeah. We didn't know when we were going to be able to make it happen. This we, totally fell in our lap. Yeah, our, ours, ours, uh, ours got delayed a month too. You know, so. But what I'm realizing now, and I think that's it's so it's so weird being here now. Like I was explaining before we started the thing, I feel like I should have like I start my day. I wake up today, right? And I know we got the podcast today, and it's, I almost feel like I should have some negative thing to worry about today. But then I'm like. No, like I, I yeah, don't, then, I yeah, don't. And you realize you don't. Nope, it's here. Like it happened. We're past it. Now we get to work. And I, I, like I'm, I'm kind of nervous to see what YouTube does when, when Big Brian's landed, moved in, and ready to start ripping. Because I think when you get in that mindset, it's just, it's just going to be fucking. And it shows. Like if, if you, I mean, as of right now, if you go to my main YouTube channel, the day that we moved in. The the videos since have been holy shit. So much like I, I'm fucking proud. Uh, I'm I'm astonished at the reaction of the community of my community so far. But the biggest yeah. thing that I'm getting right now is everybody's like, dude, these just do not feel forced. And I'm like, I don't I don't I don't know what it is, man. I have no fucking stress right now. 
Well, I, I mean, I do. Like, I still got to make money and I got to make sure I'm doing and creating. But, like, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. You but know the, what I mean. But the big thing that's been causing you stress for a long time isn't isn't in the equation anymore. Right. Yes. Yeah. And, and like, it was so hard to translate that to a lot of stuff. I could talk about it in vlogs. But at the end of the day, some people just, you know, they're not going through it. So it's, it's it was just so hard well, you to... Know, you know, and, uh, empathy only goes so far. Dude. You don't 100% connect with what somebody's going through unless you're actually going through it or you have gone through it or, you know, shit like that. It's just That's just the way human which, nature which, works. Which, side note, that's a good point on things that are going on right now. Just want to point that out. Thank you. Yeah, it's one of those things, dude, where, I mean, like right now, my strategy adjusts to, it just adjusts to different things. Yeah. You know, right now, my biggest thing is, you know, people don't, oh, this is like such, this is such a first world problem, but I have to address it. Like, and this is the best metaphor I can think of, man. Like when you start your little YouTube channel or your Twitch channel, it's like, you're carrying this little rock that you're super proud of. Like, this is my rock. I made this, this is my little thing, you know? Right. And then like, as it continues to grow, you're really proud of it, man. You're like, wow, look how big it is now. Like, and it just keeps getting bigger. And like, man, it's sure getting bigger really fast now. And that's dope, man. That feels really exciting. But nobody understands it. Like the bigger that rock gets, the heavier it is for you to carry around, bro. Because yeah. it's just you carrying that bitch around. And, and I, so when it finally gets bigger and bigger and bigger, like now you're like Atlas, bro, with this shit on the back of your shoulders and you're trying to carry this thing. And like, yeah, it's amazing. You're so proud. But at the same time, it's like, fuck, dude, I'm buckling mentally, stress-wise, emotionally, like under the weight of this thing that I've created. So now I'm at that point where... The only way I can really move forward, like I'm maxed out, bro. If I had 10 more me's, I'd be killing it. The amount of plans I have that I'd like to do versus the amount of shit I have during the day is, I mean, the amount of time I have during the day is like, it's not, there's just no, right. there's no equation. So now I'm at that point where who can I bring on to the team right. that's going to see the vision, that's going to be help me to hair, like, like, hey, man, grab the other side of this rock and help me carry this yeah, thing, man. That way we, we can grow it bigger because you're here to help me now. You're getting to that and point. Like, you, you, you've you been the foundation of your rock, but now you're getting to the point where you got to kind of slow down and find somebody, find some extra foundation to it because it's just getting so big. I got to have somebody help me carry it, man. And whether that's an editor, whether that's a graphic designer, whether that's a cameraman, whether it's an intern that helps me transcode footage and read, you know, the, the amount of plans I dude, I'd love to have a website. I'd love to have written reviews of every video I do. I'd love to have a written website. I'd love to have a place where you could come see a tier that says, dude. here's exactly what I'm using right now. Or here's my top three gaming headphones and why I wish you were on the pod. One of the first podcasts that we had on this channel. I, uh, uh God, I, again, I, he's one of my best, best buds, but Rob and I got into such a debate. And I think even people like viewers and stuff got in a debate too with him, how he said, his his theory is he's mind blown that YouTubers have editors, and I'm like, oh, you'd be surprised how many people do. And he's like, you're not a you can't call yourself a creative if you're if you're Fuck not. That. And I'm like, Fuck no, that. I'm like, no, bro, you can't say that. And like Rob, a big, I mean, uh, Rob, all due respect, bro, Rob, I love you, but that ain't it, I'm, Chief. Uh, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I thought, I'm, I'm going to tell you a story. This is very poignant and very applicable to this because I know someone I grew up with who's a professional editor. She works for E Network. Uh, she's out on the West Coast in Hollywood. She, you know, she works for E. She edits shows. Here's what I'm going to tell you about an editor because this is the hardest thing. I, somebody immediately was like, do you need to hire an editor? I was like, bro, I couldn't possibly because 
I like to think, okay, in, in my little world, I'm so proud of the product that I've created that no, nobody could edit my video the way I wanted to. Nobody could sync it to the music the way I wanted to. Nobody could nail the comedic timing the way I do. I like to think that I'm so special and so good at that, that nobody could emulate that. I don't want somebody else's interpretation of what my content is. Right. And I really, truly, deep down believed that nobody could do that the way I could. And I said this at a dinner and she was at the dinner table and she laughed and she goes, are you fucking kidding me? She goes, do you know anything about how editing works? She goes, think about every reality show you've ever seen before. Think about every episode of the office you've ever seen before. Do you think that all those shows have the same editor for every episode? And I was like, well, well, no, no, I, guess, I mean, I guess not. I guess not. That wouldn't really make any sense. And she's like, can you tell when you watch a show who edited the show versus the guy that edited the episode before? And I was like, well, no. And she's like, the job of a professional editor is not to impart their own style on the edit. The job of the editor is to analyze the style in which the show is presented and emulate the style 100% yep. so that you cannot tell the difference between the guy who would normally be editing it and your edit. Yeah. And then, uh, and so in that mind, like, that editor didn't create my style for me. There's some guys that do. There's some guys out there, particularly like gaming channels, like they'll hire an editor because they want that dude's flair. I don't, you know, selfishly, right. I don't want anybody else's flair. Oh, if no, guy, and, and Furthermore, if he comes to me and goes, hey, man, you've been doing this for a long time, but can I show you this? And then he shows it to me and I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, do that. I, dude, bro, I'm all about hiring people and putting people around me that are experts in their field and they are better at what I'm doing than the way I'm doing it. I'm, I started out knowing nothing when I did, when I started my YouTube channel, I didn't know how to edit video. I'd never used a DSLR camera. I'd never presented on camera before. I didn't know shit about how to mic a room or sound treat a room. I didn't know any, I didn't know lighting. I didn't know any of that. So to think that there's not somebody out there like a camera operator, who's a professional camera operator that can't do a better job of operating a camera than I can. That's it's just pompous. Right. It doesn't mean you're not a creator. If you're hiring people, like exactly. there's an argument to be made. Like, uh, you know, when you get to be somebody like Linus's level, Linus has openly admitted before that he's essentially at this point in time, just a copy editor. You know, he, he rolls in, he looks at the script, he stands in front of the teleprompter, he delivers the goods and then he gets off cam isn't because the, he has a team of like 84 people. Isn't that the fucking dream though? Like, God, like the, the, the amount of like how much he can actually get into the tech that is out there now and actually, I bet most of his day is is actually appreciating shit that he's always like the things that drove him to get to this point right you know like a, a good example if we're using larger names a good example to touch base in the creative world because that was like the big debate was you can't call yourself a creative i would say peter fucking mckinnon it's pretty goddamn creative but he has just got to the point where he's just got so much on his plate the the amount of time to take away from editing his videos saves him so much to be able to improve on the, all the other stuff that he is also creating in all, in relation to the videos that he's already created. I love how open he's been about bringing in an editor to the team and how like he he almost like makes the editor become part of the episodes and it's it's so awesome to see. But he's such a great example. He literally has millions of subscribers based around the foundation of how to create Here's how you create. 
And then he's also introducing the idea of like at a certain point, you got to have somebody to help you out to unload. So that way you can take advantage of other things out there. So that way you can start your, your long term. Cause like, here's the thing as, as creatives, you know, I don't know what it is for me yet. I don't know if you've also thought about this for you, but at some point for me, I got, I, I just know that like YouTube probably isn't going to be forever for me. So I gotta, I gotta use this, not necessarily to, to, to manipulate starting something else and bring the eyes there. But how do I, how do I like grow my brand to get to a point and create something that I've always, that, that I need to, that I want to create in life. I feel like eventually like I, I want to start something, you know what I mean? That's how, at least I feel, you know, P from Peter McKinnon, you know, for example, um, he's just, he's just a good example to use in this. You know, creating creating this coffee stuff and the, and the pirate crow thing that he's got on the side, creating this this like lifestyle collective that he started. It's re it's really cool. Or you got Casey Neistat. Like his whole journey was was doing doing Beam. You know, for example, like that. Yeah. For some people, like I I have a you know that's my personal goal too. Is like some point like what what do I create to expand this onto next thing? And it all starts with just having to be yourself, develop your style. But then eventually you just got to branch so you can have that time to do that. You just got yeah, to. There has to be a pivot, man, because no matter how, like, and I had a guy explain this to me when my channel first started to blow up. It's one of the, one of the wildest meetings I've ever had. It was like a real high profile power business meeting in the back of an insomniac cookies. Like some serious business was talked about over warm chocolate chip cookies and vanilla ice cream. It's one of the most delicious. hilarious, one of the most hilarious business meetings I've ever had in my life. But he explained to me the point of the pivot. He's like, I know it doesn't seem like it now, but someday you're going to wake up and it's not going to be interesting to you anymore. Not creating. Creating will always be interesting, but you're not going to be gassed about um, a, a gaming mouse. You're not going to be gassed about, um, you know, a keyboard. It's just not this at some point in time. It's just not going to do it for you anymore, you know, and it, as wild as that sounds to somebody who's aspiring to do that thing they've always wanted to do. Like, it's important to have somebody that sees that far out. Yeah. But the beauty part about what we do is that, like, I, I firmly don't believe that any creator out there is a completely one-dimensional person. There's not a guy out there. Like, to think that my only interest on earth would be headphones, keyboards, and mice. I mean, come on, bro. I love music. I love film. I love, uh, like, physical activity. I love, like, being in the gym. I love riding bikes. I like, you know what I mean? Like, there's there's so much other stuff to my life. Like, appreciate um, yeah. And that's the thing. And so I think that, you know, like, uh, one example I'll use because, you know, my girlfriend's kind of on this same cycle right now is like Kat Von D, you know, Kat Von D started out tattooing and then she branched into television. And then when she was able to generate enough capital, she started her own makeup line. Yeah. And then she recently has sold her makeup line in order to fund her next Avenue, which is vegan leather shoes. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't like the it thing is stop. like this, Every person has other interests. And the beauty part about YouTube is that there's a really low barrier of entry in terms of gathering an audience together, gathering and building that community around you. And like, it's not like, I don't think it's, I think as long as your intentions are pure, as long as it's something like I'm really gassed about, like, dude, if, if you don't see a beard product line launched from me by the end of the summer, I've fucked up. I did something <laughs> wrong. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it's, I get it's it. something I'm passionate about. It's products I use every day and so i use them every day and i'm like well this one kind of sucks because this and like i kind of yes, like this one but it doesn't exactly. really do this so what did i do so my girlfriend starts you know she reaches out to cosmetic scientists and we source all these distributors and she spent the past two months formulating this beard oil that works great it's exactly what i want it to be it smells exactly the way i want it to like 
You think I'm not going to put my face on that and offer that, this thing that I've created that I'm proud of, that's a part right. of my life every day? Of course I'm going to. Yeah. That's, that's, it's so ironic that, that you talk about that in terms of the beard oil. Because, like, one thing, one idea of mine that I've had for, maybe I should just not let it be an idea anymore, especially since my wife works in fucking printing. But, like, one thing for me is, like, I, you know, I've always been a creative. You know, I like to draw. I like to, to sketch. I like to have, you know, a notebook and stuff That's like how that. I found you. That's how I got introduced to you the first time. So yeah, yeah. And, and like, I, I just think it's kind of stupid that out of a lot of things out there that have styles, that have they, they, there's cool hip brands to things, like, sketchbooks are still the most boring looking fucking things. You go to the store and it's just this big obtuse, weird, bright branding. There's no, it's just random books at Michael's. And it's like, why, why? Like I, I thought about Like why not make like a dope fucking creative co, you know, like something to where you, you, you want to buy this sketchbook and you want to start using it. Cause it, cause like that at the end of the day, that's, that's what, uh, that's what like Apple's all about. Right. You, you, like, people want the feeling of seeing that logo in their fucking hand. Like, they want yeah. that. At the end of the day, they're, they're you know, if you, if you strip things down and you talk about the basic mechanics that go into it, it doesn't have any more value than some of these other products out there, right? Like, like not starting a debate, but, like, core basics. But the big thing about it is it comes from fucking Apple. And, like, that's one thing that I've always just kind of looked at with, like, our supplies, you just don't have that. Like, out of all the things out there, the most creative field doesn't even have its own, like, creative community. You know what I mean? It's, it's just weird to me. Like, that's one it's thing. It's when I, you, you walk into a store and you look for something that you need to make your art with and you don't feel a personal connection to right. any of the designs that are available in the space right, right. now. Right, right. Yeah, that means there's a hole. That means there's an opportunity for you to do that. Right. Because you're not the only, you couldn't possibly be the only person that feels that way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think the toughest thing, the toughest part about starting something is like, what do you fucking call it? That's literally the fucking hardest uh, thing. Always the hardest part, dude. Like, always the hardest yeah, part. Yeah, so I've, I've been sitting on it for a while. And like, I, I mean, I'm confident enough that I've, you know, talked about it today. I talk about it in my streams. And, you know, because like some people, they don't share those ideas because they're like, I don't want somebody to take it. But then that's, that's when a lot of people like just sit on an idea forever and never do it. Cause they don't want anybody to take it. So they never talk about it to other people and never get ideas from other people. Yeah. I think, well, I mean, it's, it's twofold. There's a lot of stuff that I won't. Um, if, if I'm close to sharing something, it means I'm, if I like just now with the beard oil, man, if, if I was, if beard oil was a concept, I wouldn't be doing it. Right. The fact that it's 90% ready to hit the market. I feel comfortable talking about it because good luck beating me to market with what I'm doing because it's different. It's not just going to be another like, hey, I also have this thing that there's 15 other brands of. There's a definite difference why mine's different. Right. You know, and I feel totally comfortable and, and talking I, about I, it now. As, because... as, as a creator and an entrepreneur in that aspect, that's what you got to do to like, you can't just like, just say like, hey, mine's different, but not make it different. Like you're actually taking the time in to make it different. You're, oh, and, yeah. And I, have, I have such a hard time with like, okay, like one of the big reasons why I like, um, Okay, here's a great example. I sweat you about getting me a fucking sweatshirt all the time because I want it. Because yeah, it doesn't look like because you have an aesthetic approach that you're 
and, and again, I'm right. going to say this and I'm not throwing shade at any other YouTuber who does it this way. I just personally prefer to do it a different way. I'm really into streetwear. It's something that I'm passionate about. I really like clothes. Yeah. I grew up a tall gangly dude who can't go shop at the mall. I can't walk into express and buy a shirt. They don't fit me. I got to order exactly, my shit online all the time. I had a, you know I had, what I mean? so, a lot of my background with that is I, I started, uh, I, I've, I've started two clothing companies that have like failed, you know, they just didn't get, uh, didn't get big. but, but the, the big, the big goal from them and like me learning a lot of like the garment and materials and stuff. My big thing is I was like, I want big dudes and big people to feel comfortable. I'm not, I'm not trying to encourage being large and overweight, but I don't want to be that brand to where if you are currently large and overweight and maybe working to, to lose that way, I don't want you to not feel comfortable in my shit right now. Yeah, you feel excluded. Yeah. yeah no, I want you to yeah. be a part of the fucking, the, the process, part of the clothing. And, and, and yeah, that's like been a big thing on, on mine. Like how do I, how do I make t-shirts to where they're, they're, cause I'm, I'm a long torso dude, but I don't like, I don't like big and tall. You know what I mean? Cause I don't like, tall yeah, because there's no such thing yeah there's no such thing as big or tall it's like yeah. you fucking if you're tall or big you get lumped into the same shit yes and it still looks bad on you yeah uh, yeah dude, trust me story of my fucking life and my best friend since i was 12 years old he struggled with weight his whole life and so those are that's a very real you know what i mean like yeah, yeah 100%. it's a very real thing i grew up with i watched it but my whole thing is this like i don't want to make like i have a couple merch items that are out there i hate the word merch you know, like, be, and I did it because people asked me for it, but for what's out there right now, I'll be the first to tell you that if you go try to find my merch right now, I bury it down in the descriptions way at the bottom, way at the bottom. You can hardly even find the damn thing because it's overpriced for what it is. I believe because of the company that's manufacturing it. And I don't want to be one of those dudes. That's just like, oh yeah, I got merch. So I fired up my Teespring account and I slapped my channel logo all over the front of everything. Support me. No, dude. If I'm going to drop merch, it's going to be apparel. It's going to be some shit that you would want to wear all the time, right. every day. That's not going to scream. Like it, the, the, the worst thing I could do is like make a dope hoodie, focus all my efforts into the design, making sure it's a quality garment and then slap my logo across the front of the chest. Like that's just not, just you know, I want to make shit. I want to make shit that when people get it in the mail, they open it up and they're like, damn, like this quality is dope. Like, damn, this thing fits great. Like, oh, the attention to detail here is sick. Like, I'd feel comfortable wearing this anywhere. Like, that's what it yeah. needs to be for me. Yeah, that's what that's that's exactly what I want from from my stuff, too. And that's why I had to. That's what's making it tough now. Like, I want it out, but like, I just don't know with everything going on right now, because at, at, uh, what like this whole new move is not I'm going to be. Manif well, I won't be manufacturing it, but I will be distributing it myself. So I'll be actually doing it in bulk from uh, a personal guy of mine. Uh, I mean, I've picked everything. Everything was my choice, but I'm just going to have somebody print and stitch everything, you know, in their location. But yeah. they're in California. So just right now it's shipping and everything, but uh, I need a – I think everything is kind of getting back – to, well, not everything's getting back to normal, but I think things are mm -hmm. finally starting to open up to the point where it's going to be definitely foreseeable. I'm, I'm, I am for sure when the new site launches, which is, I think it's going to be June, mid June, mid to late June. I am launching with some stuff. I just didn't know. I didn't know if hoodies would be stupid this time of the year or if it would just be like everybody buys hoodies anyways. You know Bro, what I mean? I buy hoodies. 
Yeah, I, that's how I am. I don't. It don't matter what time of the year. If I see a dope hoodie, I'm buying it. Period. But I just didn't know what uh, what everybody else would do. So I don't even care if it's hot outside, bro. I'll, I'll film a video in a hoodie and boxer briefs if it's 80 degrees in here yeah. because I li- I just like the way they fucking look on camera. Dude, I I literally today I I cranked up the AC upstairs so that way I could wear my hoodie. <laughs> I did, bro. <laughs> Side note, dude, I'm so nervous about this. They don't have air conditioners in Seattle, bro. Houses don't have air conditioning. What? Yeah, is that not wild? That's like is an actual. That's a, that's an actual thing in Seattle. That's an actual fact, bro. You have heaters, and in some houses, you have like those, uh, like those window units, like you'd see in a hotel. Yeah, like basically like a space air conditioner. By and large, dude, most housing structures all have screens in the windows and don't have AC because the weather is nice enough year round to where you pretty much just rock it with the windows open if yeah. you're kind of warm gets, but the temperature is so mild there's like two days a year where you would require an air conditioner so houses aren't even built with them bro that freaks me out because we keep our house at like a crispy 67 degrees year round say, I, was, I was gonna say where that doesn't meet into the fact is when you are a person with a, a large fucking display of uh, hot electronics too because mm. that adds to because like this like so what sucks is this whole ups- well what's dope about this new house one th- these things are new houses are so efficient it's fucking ridiculous dude we have not had the heat the AC on since we moved in and it is it's been like a solid like 70 to 68 degrees downstairs upstairs obviously it's it's hotter because you know i'm up here <laughs> of course me being up here just the heat alone but no heat rises and then also all my electronics and stuff but i mean yeah. I'm, t- I'm talking at most I've, I've seen it naturally without ac on get to like 73 but with me i'm like no i'm good on that but dude it's 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 so nice having that multi is it multi-climate or something like that like we have we have a thermostat downstairs and then one upstairs so I can control Damn. everything upstairs and we only run, you know, we don't even have it on downstairs. You guys are balling. And the place I'm living in right now is a, it's a remodeled cigar warehouse from the twenties. It's a fucking, Dude. it's a factory. Our, I live in a factory with drywall in it. The, the, out, and, the, the uh, house we, we owned in Ohio was so horrible for all, all, everything. It was so old. Yeah, I know for a fact, like if I, you know, we're going to do a year in Seattle, just north of the city, trying to figure out where exactly we want to live. And then we're going to build and I, w- I will definitely, like, whether it's necessary or not, the house is getting AC. Yeah, it's just happening. Yeah. And that's exactly what we did. We thought we were actually going to be here. We thought we were going to be in our apartment longer. We had a 13 month lease and we ended up living in it for nine months. So it sounds like you're pretty much going to be doing the same thing we did. Like you got to get there, so you're gonna rent for a while, and then you're gonna gonna get something. Yeah, yeah. Because the thing you just don't. Um, we just didn't want to commit to a house right off the bat, and it, and it's especially different. People don't understand this too. Everybody's like, "Why do you need it?" Like when they find out how much rent I'm paying out there, they're like, "Why are you paying that much money in rent?" And it's like, well, first of all, man, historically, Seattle is one of the most expensive places to purchase a home. It's like it goes on average for like five hundred dollars a square foot. But secondly, like you don't, if you're not from a city, what are the chances that you're going to guess which area you want to live in exactly. for the rest of your life until you spend some time in the city? 
Like we might get out there and there might be certain aspects that we like. And then we might travel to a town 20 miles over and be like, Oh no, this is it right here. This is where we really want to be. Yep. Like, why would you want to stick yourself permanently? Yeah. I mean, the amount of rent we're paying is outlandish, but this is the thing people don't get either is like people that work from home have different goals. Yeah. Me and Danielle, we both work from home. That's huge. So the idea of us going out there and getting like a cute little two bedroom, one bath house that's, you know, eight or 900 square feet, that's not going to do it, bro. Oh. We need like, I need a YouTube studio. I need, I prefer to have a guest room because we're moving to a place where all my friends are going to be coming out. That's exactly what we did. Visit. You know what I mean? It's, you want to have a space for that. You don't want your homies coming out and being like, Hey man, get an Airbnb or a hotel or better yet, like sleep on this raggedy fucking blow up air mattress in our dining room. Like you just don't, you know what I mean? There's just stuff you need. Yeah. A lot of, and especially if like, I mean, the, the people don't understand, like, when you run a YouTube channel, the amount of warehousing, shipping, and receiving that goes on behind the scenes is staggering. I'm like, and you need a place to just put now all getting that into it. It's fucking ridiculous. Megan, May, that that's actually like one of the big things I was like wanting to talk to you about today too, because like I I feel like I'm getting at that entry level point, you know, because like now companies are, you know, it, it was like, um, it was like one thing last year when with me being a streamer and somebody was like, let's hook you up versus now it's like, people are actually like, Hey, we want you to check this out. We want you to, yeah. to let us know. And they actually send me boxes of their, of everything they fucking have isn't right that, now. Isn't that wild? It's, it is, it is. And, uh, and yeah, yeah. And so like one of what, in relation to that, one of my kind of like hard things lately has been, you know, like I'm building this ultimate setup and, and, you know, like I, we talked about today, it's, it's crazy to finally be in that point in life with this shit to where like, if I want to fucking ball out and get a $2,000 fucking monitor to, to make this the ultimate fucking setup, I can do that now, but I haven't, I haven't done it yet. Like I haven't actually invested in anything yet. Cause I, I want, I want to, I, I was telling Megan, I'm done half-assing things and it's hard to persuade her yet because she she doesn't understand the growth right now and she doesn't also understand because so she sees the number right now like I, some of these monitors i'm looking at investing into right now are anywhere from like one thousand to two thousand dollar range one ultra wide that fucking just does it all one clean real estate and i know a lot of people are like ah, different opinions this is just what i want for my beast setup my fucking badass studio right the main the main rig because I got, I got other areas where I'm going to have other setups. My main setup, I want it done a certain way. So she sees a number. And what I see is like, dude, we've gotten fucking this monitor sent to us, that monitor sent to us, this keyboard sent to us, that, like, this, sh like, dude, it's, it's okay if, if I put a little money into this. But it's also fucking tough, too. too. Have you experienced, I mean, I, mean I, I know you have, but at what point, I guess, did it stop or does it ever stop? I've made investments into things that I was like, okay, I'm going to get this. And then like right after a company will send me something and it's like, fuck, I could have just waited, dude. Like I bought a laptop shortly after I did a collaboration with Asus. They gave me fucking two laptops. Fuck. Like now I got to sell this laptop. I, I shouldn't, I should just wait it. Like m mice, mice is a great example. I, I see these mice out there that I, that I like. I'm like, I'm going to buy it. I spent all this money on it. Boom. The company sends me one fucking love it. Now I don't use that mouse anymore. Fuck. What do I do? You know what I mean? Like, does that ever stop? Do you ever get to the point where it's just like, like, do you, 
do you just go ahead and invest into things or do you just rely on maybe maybe a new product coming out and a company wanting to send it to you? You know what I mean? Yeah, I um I mean it's it's little little of one little of one little of the other and the more time goes on like um here's the thing. Like believe it or not, at some point in time you're not going to need anything. Yeah. You, you're you're going to get, you can only, I mean, here's the thing. You can only like, I have 40 keyboards. You know how many keyboards I can use at one time? One. Two. Oh, well, two. Uh, two. Two, two, two desks. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I thought you meant like literally in, in, in theory of like. Oh, no, like, no. I mean, like I have, I have one desk. That's the set that you guys see on camera yeah. all the time. It's my test desk where I game that gets one keyboard. And then there's a desk in the other room where I do all of my editing and all my heavy lifting because it's in the middle of my main living area. And I, I just like to be out in the middle of shit when I work. Um, that gets the second keyboard. That means at any moment in time, like 38 keyboards are either in a box or I get rid of them. Yeah. And so like, eventually you get to the point where it's like, and here, here's another thing people go through. This is like, I'm sure people can relate to this. When you first start building your setup, like when you first start going into hardware, the first thing you start doing is putting every fucking thing you possibly can on your desk. Oh, yes. I need this. I need yep. wrist rest and a keyboard and a mouse and a mouse pad and an audio interface and this headphone, this headphone rack and the desk light and two monitors. Fuck it, three, my fuck it, four monitors and put a TV above it on the wall. And, you know, like, and then after like about six months of that, you don't want anything on your Thank desk you. anymore. You want, like a, you want like a keyboard, a monitor, Dude. like possibly an audio interface and get everything else to fuck off my desk remember 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 what we were talking about earlier on, on how how we hate when like people ask why we do something and then tell us why we're wrong for doing something like, yeah. oh dude i had this fucking huge fucking heated discussion last week viewers in my chat were so fucking tilted at me because i said i want to narrow down to one or two monitors and get everything off my off my desk that's what that's what i want to do and they're like Oh, it's more efficient to have three. It's more fit, like, dude. No, it's not. Shut the fuck up. I. That's why I said I. I, I argued so much. If you have a like even even a wider display at a higher resolution and all. God damn it. Is, uh, that, our, is that our our wrap it up music? Is somebody I, trying I, to play us off the stage right now? I guess, man. I I don't know if it's like termite control trying to come to the house. Let me peek out the window. Give me one second. Nobody's here, so nobody's here. But no, that's, yeah, that's, damn. That is the most relatable thing probably that you said today. And that, like, I literally just put out my video yesterday of, of how I built this desk and, and what my goals are from it. And that, that right there is the point. I want nothing on this desk besides my mouse, my mouse pad, my keyboard, and my computer. I don't want anything, and it's eight foot long. Why do you need all that real estate? Because I fucking want it. Because it feels because it feels good to have all this space and to sit down and get to work and be comfortable, or or like in the same position to sit down and get on some Tarkov and slap some people on the forehead. Like I, that's you know, you know why people don't relate to that by and large. Why? Because people don't understand that creativity and inspiration is a fickle thing. Yes. And if you sit down and it, it's so reliant on your energy and it's so tied into your mental health. And if you sit down at a workplace, that's really cluttered. I mean, over time, dude, shit gets dusty. It just gets dusty. It gets dirty, pet hair and dust and disgusting. So when you, when you sit down to create and it's like, you're pulling into a cockpit 
and it's like everything you feel boxed in mm -hmm. like you feel like there's all this bullshit around you and it's overly complicated and it's this knob and why isn't this oh i got to change this dial press this button like all that detracts for me personally it doesn't work this way for everybody but for me personally that detracts from my like my feel good energy bro yes. it detracts from my creativity and it makes it feel like a task to have to sit down at my desk when i can sit down and breathe and i can like stretch out and set my coffee cup down and like you know i got room to do the shit i need to do it just makes me feel better it makes it easier for me to create it's a more inviting space for me to come back to I, and who are you who is anybody to tell anybody else what constitutes a more inviting space for right, them right exactly and, and and like it's it's also the idea of of simplicity in troubleshooting and, and stuff as well and it just it like to me it just makes sense too the less the less cables that i have running to everything the less monitors that i have that could potentially go wrong the less i got to worry about like i yeah. this last year i've been huge on on the advocate and idea of especially after uh working with asus and them giving me this 2080 ti and me putting all the other the money into everything else to make this a single you know pc stream and setup like a lot of like i i understand so much more and that that's where i am right now with monitors like dude if you just do it right the fucking first time you don't have to fucking mess with little things right you don't have to you you don't have to you don't have to fine tune you don't have to adjust you don't have to upgrade after a period of time like i just want to get it done right have my environment and and create that's all i'm worried about right now and uh, yeah you you're so so fucking right about that. You'll never hear a creator ever. You'll never see a successful creator tell you that the tools are the most important part of the job. You will almost always 100% hear a creator tell you that the job of the tool is to get the fuck out of your way so that you can get straight to the creating. Whatever right. it takes to connect your mind, your body to the end product, that's the goal of the shit that you put in front of you on the desk. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And I, I didn't understand that for a long time. The, for, because the first thing I wanted was some just, just give me some stuff that looks hot on Instagram, bro. Yeah, flash. Just give me a setup that makes people be like, damn, look how much RGB is in that bitch. I wonder how big his power bill is. Like, that's what I wanted when I fucking, yep. <laughs> you know. That's what I said. Like, I, I, don't, so I, fast, I don't mean to hate on people, but like, I see these, you know, obviously I follow like a, a lot of setup wars and stuff. And with, with today's culture, I know my setup will probably never be on something like that. And I, I, I'm okay with it. Cause like, I'm just not about having this whole huge, fucking room of desk and and 15 fucking uh monitors on the wall projector on the fucking back and like you know like even even down to like my g fuel now like i'm sponsored by g fuel i love g fuel it's funny like to promote g fuel like that's my that's my thing that's our, our chat's thing but like even minimizing down that from like this big giant fucking wall of g fuel to literally like these are the things that i fucking use there's four flavors on this desk that's this this shelf next to me that's what i want to drink that's what I'm going to drink. Everything else can get the fuck out of here after I, I, I get done talking about it. If I don't, if that's not my top flavors, if same thing with monitors, you know, like people, you know, oh, it's nice to have a monitor only for Twitch chat. You, uh, and then you have another one for, for Spotify and stuff. And then you have another monitor for discord, but it's not needed. It's not necessary. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's a fucking weird. That's a weird flex to me. Like, why is that? Is that OBS overview monitor? Is that really not like an? Is that not an essential part of the equation? Wait, what's that? 
Is that really like having a secondary, like a vertical panel for chat or like just your OBS controls? Is that really not a part of the, that's not like an essential part of the equation? I mean, like the way I see it is when I minimalize down every, minimize everything down at the apartment, I, I minimize everything down back to an ultra wide, just one ultra wide. And it would, if you just look in terms of your everyday use on everything you do, that ultra wide did it all. Right. So then you, you, you have, you know, the OBS and, and Twitch chat thing when you're live. So it's like, how do you do that? Yeah. How do you do that? Well, I just used my laptop, dude. Oh, okay. And it made things so much easier because then I'm not running Firefox and other things in the background. I'm not, you know, keeping multiple tabs open and stuff like that. Um, while, <laughs> while having these games going and everything's on my laptop. No, I know not so every, I, everybody has a laptop, by the way. So I'm not saying like, oh, we'll just just get a laptop. But dude, I, re I remember at one point when I bought my first ever ultra wide and I didn't have that, I put chat on my phone. Because at the end of the day, if everything's live, if everything's going and all your shit's set up and all you need to do is talk to chat, why do you, why do you need 50 fucking screens to do so? It's not. Yeah, I can see that. My biggest thing was when I, um, I went balls out like a year ago and designed like this around the time that I did my first project with uplift desk. I, my setup was at its all time biggest clutter. I had a 32 inch 4k that I used only for content creation. I had a high refresh 27 inch flat that I used strictly for gaming. And then I had a vertical 1080 that I used just for chat. And I went balls out and did a dual PC streaming rig and bro, bro, the amount of money, that I sunk into that trying to route audio like in mixers and cables and hum destroyers and feedback things and isolators and uh and the level of complexity it took to operate that bitch and nothing ever worked the right way right when it was supposed to every time I would try to go live it would be like a troubleshooting yes, fiasco yes, yeah um like now, well, now how come my how come my stream's recording at 60 fps but it's glitching out but my main panel's set to 144 like why isn't it mirroring or why won't my 1440p monitor, why is it stuck in 1080p? Because the capture card is recording. Right? Now, what the now, hell is going now on? Now, put this into perspective. Nightmare. You, while you're on that train of thought, while anybody's in this train of thought, you're, you're a guy with a fucking brand that's trying to, uh, to show off what he, what he has and what, to show off your brand in another way. There are people out there with no fucking viewers, with no fucking brand, with no fucking following, that are that are putting themselves through that right now. That's dude. That's what a oh lot of God. that's what a lot of my content is is about, and I think that's why it does piss a lot of people off. Because like I, I'll make these videos of like, hey, this is this is a topic, this is a review, this is you know best best stream camera, right? And the, but I I go into the big, biggest thing of be smart. You don't need these things. And that's where like so many people go wrong, and that like again, that's like the core I think Bro. of my content is just don't do stupid shit that you don't need. I'm going to tell you right now, we, a couple, uh, YouTuber approached me, uh, Brian from BPS customs, and he wanted to do a joint thing with, um, Adam from ePost Vox and myself. His whole entire goal was to find a streamer that was out there grinding super hard, putting the work in, didn't have a lot of, uh, stuff. No. Yeah. Yeah. was under geared, but his work ethic was crazy. But and great he built his little community. So we, yeah, we were looking for the guy that was being held back by his gear and his budget. And what we wanted to do was bestow this, like, here you go, dude, here's every tool. Like you've been putting the work in, you've been grinding thanklessly. You've been getting by with 
with like shoestring equipment. Like, here you go, man. Now yeah. you can really go fucking big time. Bro, I am not I'm not exaggerating in the least. We audited 2000 streamers probably between the three of us. I personally audited hundreds of streamers. Do you know how many people I found that one either streamed inconsistently or two had virtually no audience? And then when you would go down to their gear description, these dudes were geared out. I'm talking big ass video cards, multiple monitors, all like the, the sure SM7B with the interface with like, I mean, these guys, are. It, it's almost like people are afraid to even start creating or start streaming until they've gone through the whole research and product acquisition yep. portion of that and bought every single fucking thing that you could possibly ever need to do it. And then they start streaming. We found so many people that hit that mark. It was mind boggling, bro. Yeah. And that's, that's the majority. That's, that's the culture right now with that type of stuff. I can't make it unless I've already made it before I try to make it. I can't like, it doesn't work like that. Like you gotta, I, I think there's a special, I, I, I don't think, I know there's a special part about having that grit to work through shit that will just change you. I don't, I'm not where I'm at right now because this scene looks good. I'm, I'm at where I'm at right now because when I started, I was on a fucking, fucking fold out table recording YouTube videos off of a cell phone. That's, yeah, man. That's, that's why I'm here. And, uh, yeah, there's way too many people that are waiting for the right thing, for the right moment, for the right technology to start so they can be in comparison. But the thing is, they're just comparing. It's not, yeah. There's no, there's no fear. There's no risk. It's scary to go live. It's scary to put your first video out there. It's scary to do all that stuff. You know what's not scary? Obsessively researching gear. Yeah. Yeah. Just making purchases, building the equipment. There's this, no risk in this. This, no this, is, this is what this person uses, so I'll just get that. Yeah, that, that's it's clear cut and dry, but it doesn't work. It's it's cute. No, it's, it's cart it's cart before the horse, big time, man. It's cart before the horse, big time. Yeah. Oh, that's I I think I think that's a good fucking moral of of the story today. I think I think I, that's where everything just kind of like ties up today, man. It's just like. Uh, uh, from what I, at least I see is just like, don't worry about the shit. Don't worry about the money. You just got to fucking develop your, yourself. You got to build the horse up first, right? You got to become strong enough to be somebody behind uh, the camera or behind the stream before you can even invest into the stream. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. All right, man. I think I think we need to wrap this an hour forty. I I think we could talk all fucking day. That's a bad thing. <laughs> I'll, I'll seriously, yeah. I'll call this guy for like the slightest bit of advice. Which, by the way, I also ordered that fucking H four N. Does that sound right? Yeah, the this, Zoom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ordered I ordered that too. So they, they had one. They had one renewed. So I was like, you know what? I might as well. I, I figured it'd be good for wedding videos in the future anyway. So like. Well it's a, it. In general, it's just a good tool to have in your bag. You'd be sh I'm shocked at how many different things I've used it for over the years, and it seems to do everything pretty well. It's an excellent, like, it's a good general, like, throw it in your bag, Swiss Army Knife audio product that does all kinds of shit in a pinch. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I'll, I'll call him and ask him about something like this that he's a, a lot more knowledgeable than me in, and we'll, we'll end up talking for, like, two hours about the stuff. So 
It's it's good vibes. I definitely want to get you on here sometime with like Rob or somebody. So oh, we, I'd love that. So that I way we can that. fucking Don't... corner him on this this editing debate. No, but no, no. Most of, both the stuff, most of the stuff with Rob is actually like it's enjoyable. Like we, it's good conversations I, for sure. I like Tremonte a lot. I think that's actually um he was one of the people I think that connected us um originally. I I met Rob uh well I met him online when he was doing Gunsmith. Because yeah. I was just a big fan of the um, the message. I like the brand. I, yeah, dude, I still own a lot of their stuff. I like the yeah, uh, I, I like I, the brand. I like the message. I like the dude behind it. I cleared um, my closet uh, with the move. Half like uh, most of my clothes, I got rid of all the gunsmith stuff. I still have because it's just it's just really good message behind it. Rob is just one of those dudes with impeccable hustle, and I'm always gonna respect that. Mm -hmm. No matter what you do, I'm always gonna respect some dude who's just about that fucking grind every day, and he is. Yeah. Love, I love what he does, but it'll, it'll be good to get like us three on here sometime. Whenever you get time. for sure, especially after you move, you get settled in. Do the big goal would be be good to have like an IRL podcast with us three. Be all in the same place yeah. and have a podcast. We got to do that. Oh sometime. man, that's that's the dream. I have one of those planned with a buddy um, that lives out in Kent, Washington. I've got I'm I'm very fortunate to be rolling into town with some uh, some great connections already in the area. So it's um yeah, do Seattle like. It's one of those weird points in my life where I've like, I felt like I've had like 10 different things working for a really long time. And all of it kind of like all those points of light, like collide when I hit Seattle, that's like the final awesome, hurdle before man. I can just really go nuts. Oh, fucking pump for you. I can't, I can't imagine what it's going to be like when you get there. I can't either. We just got to get, I leave in 27 days, bro. Do you know how frightening that is? Well, the amount of shit I have to get done. I know it's, I, I know it's a lot further than we had to go, but like, we still we we still had we still had to move you know what i mean and i, I we had, we did it through like truck and cars going back and forth fucking eight hour drives like because we just couldn't justify like buying or you know doing a pod or something because we didn't have that much stuff but we had just enough to where we had to take a couple trips you know what i mean ah just dumb man just dumb but with that with that being said is there uh anything to close out this episode where uh, specifically people should keep an eye out on for you coming soon? Like, is it the YouTube channel? Or are you going to start coming into streaming? Is there anything big that you want to use this podcast to say, hey, be ready to check out this coming from you? Soon? I don't I don't think so, man. I know I have a couple different. We, ha we do have a couple. I've got a live show coming and a pod coming. The pod is going to be the pod. I think is something that I'm really excited about because I think it's going to be the first time where people talk really, really real about the business aspect of what we do. It's really funny because the, oh, the yeah. people that are very, the people that are really vocal about the business end of being a creator, like what works for them, how to value themselves, how to negotiate brand deals for the first time, uh, what kind of stuff you should look out for, how to handle a multi-channel network, how to handle an agency, stuff like that, dude. There's just not, the people that like to speak on it don't seem to have a lot of experience and the people that get real big and do have that experience, they kind of, they, they guard that. They keep those secrets real close to the vest. They don't like to talk about it. Yeah. And uh, I have no problem talking about that. I, I am, I will never, I will never ever be a gatekeeper. It's a big thing for me that the bigger my platform gets, the more I'll use my platform to put a spotlight on people that, that I believe really have the right recipe. They just need the exposure. And I think it'll be a good touchstone because there's tons of information out there about how to produce and package and market the content, but there's not a lot of information out there about handle the business into that. And yeah. I, I firmly believe that 
no matter what, how large you are as a creator, you could definitely be making more money than you are right now if you just made a couple tweaks to how you handle your back-end business. So that it'll be pretty much focused around, I don't expect it to have a big audience, but I expect it to be really valuable information for people that are um, getting into the business end of being a creator and how to, how to really live and succeed freelance. Right. Dude, that, that's going to be huge. Uh, it's going to be huge because it's such a big... Yeah, I'm excited. It's such a big uh, untapped not even market to like sell yourself on, but like just, yeah, not enough people are talking. About yeah. That it's publicly. not even that dude. I don't hey. even like it. I, I literally just genuinely want the information out right. there. And I exactly. know this sounds, this sounds so fucking corny, bro, but this is what I'll leave you with. Like, I don't ever talk about my success in this market because it's like a, a bragging or a flex type thing. I lived my entire life thinking my life was going to be one way. And then in the past 11 months of my life, my life changed wildly. And it's such an, it's such an insane feeling and you to want, uh, find what I want everybody to yeah. feel it, bro. I want everybody to feel it. Everybody needs to experience this at some point in their life, bro. And, and, and that's, you, and, really you know like, and you know, what's wild. And that's like a lot that drives me is there's enough room for a lot of us to be successful at it. Nah, totally. That fucking whole success is finite shit. That makes me sick, bro. There's room at the table for anybody willing to put the work in, bro. There's plenty of success to go around. I don't understand people that are exclusionary. I don't understand people that work to keep people down or that gatekeep at a higher level. It's it, that's a small PP move to me, dude. Like yep. fucking there is room at the table, bro. Dude. And I, I literally dude, I like, I know that that, that just sounds like some corny motivational no, it's, bullshit. It's, it's, I get it's so it. true. But a hundred percent, bro. If I, if everybody could wake up every day and feel the way I feel right now, dude, that would make me incredibly fucking happy, bro. Period. All right. That, I, I think I, best way to fucking end this out, man. Dude, I, I appreciate <laughs> you taking the time. I know you're a busy dude. I appreciate you taking the time to come in here. Fun, dude. Always fun. Always fun to chat. Everybody be sure to go check out Brian and everything uh, in the description down below his YouTube channel. And I think I put your Twitter. I need to put your Instagram in there as well. Is there any other social that you want? Plugged up. You got nah, a, you got a nah. TikTok yet? No, nah. I've been working on my dance moves. We'll, get, not, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. All right, dude. I appreciate my, foot, my footwork needs improvement. <laughs> then I'll get there. All right, I appreciate you being on here, man. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Everybody checking this out. Um, be safe. Absolutely. Have a good one. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, guys.